This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You're stressed, you're burned out, you're exhausted, you work way too much, provide for too many people, you're under too much pressure, and oh my God, don't touch me, I don't wanna have sex. That's actually the subject of this conversation. Aren't you glad you pressed play? (laughs) You're not supposed to feel like any of those things that I just named, you guys. None of that is okay, none of it is normal, although so many of us feel that way, so we just think it's normal. It's not, that's not health, that's not living, it's not thriving. That's why I asked Katie Whalen to come onto the podcast today. Katie's company, Joy Women's Wellness, is specifically for women who feel like garbage physically. And the whole point is to help them feel good again, because as she says, we deserve that. And it all comes down to hormones. Katie experienced this in her own marriage in 2016, and it became the jumping off point of a business that was initially geared toward men called blokes because it was something her husband was dealing with. It would help men balance their hormones and feel good again. But then Katie found herself really struggling with the same thing. So she and her husband created an offshoot sister company that helped women address the same issues. Of course, just different issues. So they use diagnostic lab testing, prescription weight loss, anti-aging peptide therapy, and hormone optimization to discover new ways to help you feel better. This episode gets deeper into her personal story, too, but let's start the conversation around how we're supposed to feel. This is Katie Whalen with the lesson, You Should Feel Better. All right. You ready to talk? You ready to do it? Oh, unique New York. Unique. That's right. That's right. One of my favorite Red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) Red leather, yellow leather. Anyway. um, Okay. So let's talk about the female form. Let's talk about how we're supposed to be feeling if we are perfectly healthy, perfectly happy. Like, what is that supposed to feel like Mm. and look like within our bodies? I would say vibrant, strong, energetic, and stable. We're not supposed to feel over the top anxious. We're supposed to be able to think clearly, have energy to do things be able to get sleep and recovery, and every once in a while, you're going to want sex. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. Yeah. Um, But what do you think the reality is for how most women feel? Um, Overwhelmed, like they're just surviving, like they wake up at 3 a.m. with racing thoughts. Um, Not optimal. Yeah. And I'm going to play around with this word normal. In some ways, that feels quote-unquote normal, but that's not supposed to be normal, right? Like overwhelmed anxiety, waking up in the middle of the night, insomnia, um, overwhelming amounts of stress, um, hair trigger anger. Like that's actually, while we say quote-unquote normal, like that's the mom experience especially, um, that's not actually what it's supposed to be. That normal is not the real healthy normal. Right. Who wants to live that way? But but I'm not going to say we all do, but... (laughs) But I think many of us have tasted that, and it's like, oh mm-hmm. crap! I hate that life. Like that life is—it sucks. Yeah, I think it's a—I think it is somewhat normal, and I think that's very sad because we don't deserve that. Um, and I think we have to work hard with all that we have going on, 
especially a woman who's, you know, with a family and has the demands of taking care of children, a woman who has a hard career, you know, really focused on her career. There's, a, there's so many demands that I think, um, and so many things in the outside environment that lead to all of this extra stress, mm -hmm. right? So I think that we have to actually work hard at um, living a life of ease. Mm. And it's not easy, but it's... Um, but it's attainable, and you. But you just work at it. Yeah, I think it would be easy for someone listening to think like, okay, this is going to be a, a spiritual, mental f conversation. It's really not. This is about <laughs> controlling the physical things that you can control. Because the truth is, we have a lot more control over our physical health than we think we do. Mm -hmm. um, I look at joy and the things that you guys are doing in your company as a way to take some power back in how you actually feel. How would you describe your company? Um, absolutely. I love that because I, my mission is really to put the power into women's hands because I think every woman's health journey is their own. No one can tell you what is right for you. And so I think that every woman really does need to one, be educated about what's going on. And I think there's a huge lack of education. I don't think that we are taught what happens we aren't <laughs> no. taught actually it's not even a, i think it's we are not taught yes yeah which is crazy and we're supported i think we're supported through pregnancy through our birth and it feels like that support just drops off after mm -hmm. that so like women in their late 30s early 40s mm -hmm. this is where you really target because this is this is where some changes happen in our bodies what are the yes. changes that you see huge shifts you know, the 10 years before menopause is called perimenopause, which I didn't probably know the term of that two years ago. Um, and it's huge shifts in our hormones. It's when, it's when your progesterone levels really start to dive and your estrogen can go a little wacky. It can go up and down and be um, a little bit hard to manage. So those two things have a huge impact on how we feel, how we think, how, how motivated we are, how we sleep. Um, how much anxiety we have. It's huge. It's huge. Self-doubt. Yeah. And you know what? There's a stat that shocks me. It's women in their 40s and 50s um, use double the amount of antidepressants as, as women in their 20s and 30s. It goes from 1 in 10 for the younger gals to 1 in 5 when you reach your 40s and 50s. Wow. And to me, that just screams that we're misdiagnosing what's going on. Uh, and I think before you fill that script for an antidepressant, ask yourself, am I in menopause or perimenopause? Mm. Or simply get a blood test, um, which will help tell you that. Okay, so give us some education around the things that we can test. You know, if a woman's in that space right now yeah. that they're like, God, I just don't feel good. And then maybe this is some kind of acute or chronic anxiety, for example, as we just like continue down yeah. that path. Um, what are some of the things that we can test and what are the typical results you might see for a woman around, let's say, age 39, 40, 41-ish? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you don't absolutely have to test. If you if you are in that age range and you are experiencing a list of symptoms, you can pretty much be diagnosed by a doctor. Like, that's it. I mean, it's pretty freaking common. Okay. But we love to test. We think lab testing is, you know very important too. Um, it's just like an another added benefit. But we, we test all your hormones, we test your thyroid, we test for progesterone and estrogen. And really that's a ratio, you know, mm. women's hormones cycle every month. And, right. um, but really the estrogen and progesterone is a ratio because they balance each other out. So when you're 
progesterone dives, your estrogen goes up um, and vice versa. So um, we also test for testosterone because even though that's thought of as a men's hormone. Yeah, no, we have it. Yeah, we have, we actually, before menopause, we produce three times as much testosterone as estrogen, which is kind of a, a little Interesting. fun fact there. Yeah, so that's an important one as well. And so we test all those things to determine where you are and what could be helpful um, to support your body during that time. Estrogen and progesterone are words I know, but I never fully understand which does what and where the ratio is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, give me some hypotheticals or just some greater understanding of, of how we need to think of estrogen and progesterone. Yeah, I think this is something really great that women should know. So progesterone is our calming hormone. It helps with our mood, evens us out. It helps with racing thoughts, so it helps us sleep at night. So when you're when you're deficient, you can take a, a capsule at night before bed, and it helps with all of that. Um, estrogen, oh my gosh, she is so protective. I love that you call her she. <laughs> she is protective. Um, you know, it's thought of as a women's hormone. Men have some of it too, but I get so passionate about this because Estrogen is so protective for our bones, our brain, and our heart. So the number one um, cause of death in women is heart disease, mm -hmm. and estrogen therapy can reduce that by 50%. Shut up. I'm, I'm obsessed not shutting with, up. I'm obsessed with women's heart health, and <laughs> yeah. I have never heard that. Yes. And if you, were, if you want to get into the weeds, I read this amazing book doc, um, by Dr. Avram Blooming called Estrogen Matters. It has references all these studies and these stats, but that is the, that's huge because it is the number one issue for women and it's not talked about enough. The other thing that's really crazy is um, osteoporosis and hip fracture. So yeah. estrogen is very protective for our bones. And if you think about what it does, it's estrogen's basic, basically like the lube for our life. So when your bones, um, are more flexible. They're, I like that you're shifting. Yeah, I'm like going with you. I'm, I'm here with you. <laughs> I'm shifting. When your bones are more flexible, then they're less likely to break. So they ha they lube up. They you know lube up your bones and make them firmer, basically stronger. Yeah. Um, so it reduces osteoporosis and hip fracture by something like that's also fifty percent. And then this might shock you too. Um, for your brain, it's very protective. Hmm. Alzheimer's, dementia, other brain degenerating diseases, it can reduce that risk by up to 70%. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so tell me tell me where we begin to see the drop or the or maybe the deficiency in this ratio that we need this estrogen progesterone ratio. When do we start to see a decline mm -hmm. or um, what's the word I'm looking for when some <laughs> The word bastardized keeps coming to mind. I don't know why that's what, but like, when does our estrogen and progesterone get bastardized in our lives? Well, <laughs> technically, I love it. I haven't heard that used, but I, maybe I'll use I'm using that. it. I'm using the wrong word. I can't seem to think of the right one, but we'll, I'll think of it later. Uh, I mean, menopause is technically, you haven't had a period in 12 consecutive months. Oh. That's when you're in menopause. Okay. The average age is 51, but it, of course, it varies. You know, yeah. could vary by some, ten years. Some either. women go into early menopause. Yeah, there's a lot of women that go into early menopause, and so that that technically means you're you're out of business. Your ovaries stopped making your estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. Okay. So that's an abrupt 
stop there. But, but you know, the 10 years before, they are they are going down and they were, you know, progesterone is basically going down, down, down. Yeah. And estrogen also is going down, but it can have some, some crazy wild fun um, spikes as well. Yeah, okay, we'll call yeah. it fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then testosterone also kind of just, I see so many women with low testosterone and that's, um, you know, of course we know it affects libido, but there's other things with testosterone that's very important. It helps with inflammation. And um, one of my favorites is muscle building. Our ability to like hold on and build lean muscle mm. mass is very important for longevity. Hmm. So um, that's a, a reason to consider testosterone. So like everything I'm hearing, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I, I know so many women who aren't talking about the way they feel or they're making, and I'm saying mentally, how they mentally feel, mm -hmm. um, that they feel imbalanced, but they're not they're not talking about it. They think it's just kind of normal. Again, I'm going to play with that word normal, the yeah. quote unquote normal. Normal is that you're not having panic attacks. Normal is that you sleep through the night. Normal is that you feel good and healthy and strong. All the other crap is not normal. So I'm hoping that as people listen to this, like maybe a light bulb is going off for you, that maybe this is just as simple as, and I'm going to do air quotes there, as simple as, because none of it's simple, but maybe it's as simple as some of your hormones are just truly out of whack and we got to test some stuff. Mm -hmm. Would you say that would be accurate? Yeah. And I think you you just, first of all, listen to your body and, and don't dismiss those little signs and symptoms that you're talking about. Um, I think that's the number one thing that women do. We're busy and we go, oh, I'm a mom or, oh, I'm aging. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> just stop doing that. Yeah. Go, something's off and I know it and what should I do? And testing is super important. But yeah. you can all, there's also lifestyle things that you have to do because I yeah. think that what worked for us when we were younger just stops working. I've so you seen can, that. Yeah. You can do some lifestyle things. There's free things that you can do, but it's really just about um, just understanding and, and making some changes as your body changes. Yeah. It's like as you learn more information, I think we're all accountable for what we know, and this mm -hmm. could potentially be a thing. Uh, I know that for me, it was almost easier to understand the work that your company does as I saw it through the man's lens, mm. like being able to see it, f like how it affects men, that helped me understand even better for the women's side. So for listeners, mm -hmm. your company is a sister company to Blokes, which mm -hmm. is your husband's company, which you guys started many years ago um, because of what started in his body changes that were happening for him. Yeah. So let's talk, first of all, before we get into his story, let's talk about how a man is supposed to be, what is, again, quote unquote, normal mm -hmm. for an aging, <laughs> that's funny, maybe a 40-year-old man. I know. What would normal be versus unhealthy? You know, normal for men is the same. It's feeling strong and having energy and being able to manage your stress being able to, when you work out, to see some results and feel, feel strength. Um, it's having a libido, um, nothing crazy or overactive, but just, you know, average amounts. Um, and feeling like, you know, you can tackle the day, having that confidence. Yeah. And what is the typical hormone imbalance we see with men? Men are much more simpler beings. <laughs> We know that. Um, it's testosterone for yeah. men generally. Yeah, they don't have a lot else 
of the progesterone. They have some, but not yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as we do. Um, but for men, it has, there's been this decline for them. You know, if you look back at what our grandfathers have versus what, um, you know, our husbands have now, um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge decline. It's something like 50% less. Whoa! So why? yeah, there are levels of de- I, all you know endocrine disruptor, disruptors, all the stress, all the yeah. plastics, all our phone use, all the screen time, yeah. all the pollutants. Um, yeah. That stuff's real. The yeah, the research is. If you don't know it, go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Just go go down the rabbit hole, and you'll see how yeah. much uh, junk we have in our world right now yeah. that we didn't have. I think uh, I think World War II actually was like a turning point for the production of a lot of these mm. forever chemicals. Yeah, uh, which is scary for our Earth, but it is. Here and we are, us. and for us, yeah. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Your personal story of how this all started, um, I think, gives you a really strong why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about anything that we do in our lives. There needs to be a reason behind it, and the reason you guys started Blokes and Joy separately was because of your own personal struggles with not feeling yeah. great um, and super low sex drive and then all of it. Mm-hmm. So t- take a big swig and tell me your whole story. <laughs> tell me about your sex life, Katie. <laughs> I know. Let me just say sorry, Mom. She has to listen to you know, every me every time about you do. my sex life. I know. Every t- life. But you know what, though? It's, it's not. This is not a raunchy conversation. This no, is such I a know. relatable conversation. Um and I'm grateful for it because yeah, you're, that's why that's why your story and your companies fill a niche mm-hmm. and kind of open men and women up to realizing, oh, wait, no, something's not right. Like what what you're experiencing, that might not be right, sis. Maybe yeah. we need to get something tested. So please share yes. your story. Yes. Or or brother. So yeah. my, our, we started blokes. He started blokes because. You know, long story short, I threatened him with divorce. And the the longer story is, you know, we were newly married. I married him when I was 35, so I was very excited to start that family yeah. right away. And the clock's ticking. Yes, and of you're course. Like so, <laughs> you're so keenly aware of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, and you know what? We got pregnant right away, and we were so thrilled and also naive um, to what could happen. And something did happen. Our first baby had this genetic defect, which um, made her, you know, she wouldn't make it beyond the womb. And it was so challenging and heartbreaking because we were forced to end the pregnancy. And it still makes me sad even, you know, seven, eight years later to talk about that. It really, really uh, made a big impact on us personally and on our marriage. We really had a lot of struggle around it. And, you know, we didn't know at the time, but it really affected his hormones. And, you know, I went into this warrior woman mode where I was like, I'm going to put my head down and only focus on making a family and make this right and make it happen and be successful. And he went the opposite way of like, I don't know if I can do this again. Mm. I don't want this to happen again. Like, Mm. can we slow down? You know, but he was afraid to communicate that to me because I was scary. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, time's ticking. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of stress. And, you know, he ended up really his sex drive was non-existent and other things happened too. Well, and he was also an entrepreneur. So like you've got this whole professional side of things where he was incredibly stressed out, super busy and trying to deal with grief and loss on the other side. Like that's overwhelming. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times the men in that situation don't get 
enough of the care that they need to deal with things like that. So that was the case. And, you know, I took it personally yeah. as the woman who had gained weight, you know, with my pregnancies. I thought, you know, you're just not attracted to yeah, me. Yeah, you're and, undesirable. Right. And that was a whole, like, another layer of resentment to add on. Yeah. But, um, you know, we finally got him help. But it took years. It took years? Years. Well, okay. Yeah. And, and what made you go, maybe something's wrong with his hormones? Uh, you know, we didn't say that right away. It took a long time to get there um, because it's not something that we understood. Yeah. Um, and he had been in healthcare for um, his whole career, but it's not even something. But not that, that side of healthcare, that side. wasn't it? Like medical device sales, medical devices, that's, that's not the stem same thing. cells. Yeah, not the same thing. Um, yeah. So he went to two primary care docs, and they they tested him, and they said, you know, you're on the low, low end of normal, so you're fine. And it and but finally, he was like, I don't feel fine. <laughs> he didn't feel fine, and I was not putting up with that level of yeah. fine. Uh, <laughs> so he finally found a functional doc that that did help, and said, no, you do have an issue, and. And we started to get him help that way. I love functional medicine doctors. Like, can I put out the endorsement? Holistic doctors, Mm -hmm. functional medicine doctors. They're going to look at your whole body, whole person um, in a different way than maybe your primary care doctor will. Because they're just sort of looking at, like, what do you need to go to the hospital or not Mm -hmm. versus (laughs) versus a functional care doctor who's going to say, hey, let's try to get you feeling the absolute best possible. Like we shouldn't yes. be limping through life. Right. We should be really, really thriving. We should be feeling great. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't. Right. Yeah. And it's really about what is the reason. And it's also believing. It's like, oh, you have this these symptoms. I believe you. And what's the oh, root cause yeah, of that? Yeah. As opposed to here's an antidepressant, right. which is what mostly happens, I feel like, in this country, because yeah. it that's just treating the symptoms. That doesn't actually treat the cause. Right. So you guys go through this whole journey. Mm-hmm. You realize someone can help you. And you said, you know what? There's a lot of other people dealing with this. Let's create a company that synthesizes this, that says, let's just be real proactive and look at all of these different potential panels for you mm-hmm. and just see what might be going on, right? Yeah. Like it's information. You're right. giving people information. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in typical doctor world, you know, when you go to get a lab draw, they test one thing or two things. And that's because insurance doesn't pay for the preventative, right? So yeah, right. we decided right. we have to like go all in and like test. Our lowest test is like 47 Biomarkers. So yeah, wow. we think that's important to like. So what are the things that you test for? Let's start with men. Let's, yeah. What do you think? What are the things that you're testing for men? Not just testosterone, but what yeah. else? Okay, so you do all the CBC, CMPs. Those are like the basic, like how's your blood looking? How's all the? How's your body functioning? Your liver functioning? Your kidney functioning? Your thyroid? Inflammation markers. Um, we also test just your vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. So all those things. And then how about for women in the joy It's the side? same. It's the okay. same. All those things. We, you know, there's a few differences here and then, but, ger- but generally for, for everyone, it's similar. Yeah, so when someone gets tested, give me a hypothetical of just like an average person, any sort of hypothetical uh, situation you want to give of like what you typically see happen with a man or a woman after they get tested and then course of action moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so the the very low hanging fruit is, um, you know, how's your thyroid? What vitamins are you deficient in? So many people are deficient. Oh, my God, because our food doesn't have the nutrition. God, you guys, I'm gonna link the uh, I'm gonna link another episode in the show notes for this. Go back to Dr. Christina Rahm's episode. We talk through how deficient our land is mm. and our food is at giving us the the minerals and the vitamins that we all need. So our f- we're not getting 
the yeah. nutrition we think we're getting. I'll put it in the show notes. Please continue. I love that. I will listen to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's kind of like the easy things. And then you you look. We really think hormones are like the you know baseline, like what's going on there, um, and because that's also easy to fix. Um, so it's you know then customizing your plan. Like what do you need? Here are some options beyond supplements beyond hormone replacement therapy. Uh, we also do peptides, which is a really cool... Tell me about peptides. Like yeah. I always hear about them, and then I don't know really enough about them to be like, oh, I get this. Yeah. So they're, they're short chains of amino acids as opposed to a protein, which is a longer chain of amino acids. So you'll hear a lot. They're the building blocks of mm -hmm. proteins. Um, and they really just direct our cells to perform tasks. So, you know, as we age, of course, our levels decline. So it's just a matter of, like, directing your cell, like putting something in there to say, hey, your gut needs help. There's a little bit of dysbiosis in there. I've, you've got some IBS, so use this, you know, um, gut health peptide to help heal that. Um, there's really popular right now weight loss peptides, which I know people have probably heard of. They're the the brand names are like the Wagovis and the Manjaros and the Ozempics. Those are helping people with weight loss and diabetes. Um, you know, insulin is actually a peptide. So that was one of the oh, really? first peptides. So that helps huh. with your, yeah, helps people with, um, you know, live. Yeah. Right. So there's there's peptides for all different things because we have so many of them. There's something like 7,000 oh peptides in our bodies. Wow. And so it's very possible that we're deficient. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and just as you age, you know, age is just your cells not working as well. and There's decline. Yeah, yeah. so that's just kind of helping your cells do, do more cool things. Like one of my favorite peptides is our growth hormone-releasing peptide. And it, so it's not growth hormone, but what it does is it tells your body to release more of its own growth hormone, which you, you, you release and get more growth hormone at night when you're sleeping and mm -hmm. recovering. So you take it at night before bed, and it just tells your body to release more of its own. And that just helps with everything, your vitality. It helps your skin firmness. It helps you sleep deeper. It helps you um, build lean muscle mass. It helps with energy. So that's that's a peptide that um, I use and, and yeah. recommend to most of my friends. You know, I, I find it so fascinating that, like, healthcare – feels like it's getting more individualized. I don't know if that's just my experience because I'm seeking individualized care mm -hmm. or if that's like the way of the world right now. Um, what's been your experience as you guys have been building this? Has it felt like you're the only ones doing this kind of work or does it feel like more people are getting on board with individualized, like personalized care to giving, I you know, a person what they need? I think people are demanding it now. Yeah. You know, I think that everyone realizes that our insurance system and is... Broken? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. You, can, you don't have to say it. I can say Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. So I think people are demanding it. And, and, you know, there's a huge gap between our health spans and our lifespans, like something like 16 years. What does that mean? Basically, for 20% of your life, you feel like crap. You're <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah. I mean, you're living sub subpar. Like you're not functioning well for 20% for of your life. So I think people are waking up to the fact that, look, I want a long life, but more importantly, like the years that I'm living, the days that I'm living, I want to be there and feel good and, you know, enjoy that day. Golly. That's what it's all about, right? I, I feel like there's been also, I remember a point in my 20s, it was the first time that I actually started paying attention to health because I remember thinking I felt awful. Like my body mm -hmm. felt like, ugh. 
you know, it's funny to even say this now. I think I was 24 at the time. And it was a realization that I wasn't putting good food in my body. Mm. And that was the first time I realized it. Like, hey, girl, you're not really eating. Like, chips and salsa or just chips is not not okay. And I was raised in a household that was very, like, super healthy, super health conscious, but it was almost like it it had already, it was always done for me. Uh, and yeah. so I didn't have to like take control of my own personal health. Right. And then in my twenties, like when I started feeling like absolute crap, I was like, oh, I got to do something about this. And so I started, you know, it's the person you know today, although the person you know today is quite evolved in, in how <laughs> I think of like health and wellness, um, because I focus so much more on my mental health than I ever have before. Right. Um, what have you seen? Because one of the things you mentioned earlier, you had said that, um, you know, what we might need in our 20s or 30s is different from what we're going to need later as we go through life. Yeah. What is something that you see change in terms of like maybe the dietary needs of a woman or or, or any any other type of need that you see as we age and yeah. go from specifically from 30s to 40s? Yeah. I mean, I think um, for women in their 40s, magnesium is huge. Um, I think protein is something that women really need to focus on. And again, talking about being able to maintain or build muscle mass is pretty important for us as we age. Um, Obviously fiber and keeping things moving because that's how our bodies detox. Um, and then, of course, just cutting out the processed foods yeah. is so important and that they're everywhere and they're yeah, it's so everywhere. easy. But, you know, just whole foods as much as possible. Um, that's what I try to abide by. Let me ask you more about the magnesium. Um, I'm thinking about how Epsom salt, I mean, that's mm. magnesium. Is that is, would that be a proper way to get some magnesium? Or are you talking yeah. specifically like orally I need to take magnesium? Um you I know, know this is like I know this is like a generic thing because you're not looking at my health, but yeah, yeah. here's a question for you. Yeah, I mean, of course, I would say get get a lab to see what personally you uh, you mm-hmm. know could work on or talk talk to someone about your symptoms. But I think um, I think both are great. Magnesium is generally something most people are deficient in, and it's um, also something that we all need. It's involved in something like over 300 of our body's processes. But um, but a magnesium salt bath is amazing and that will help. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, and you'll soak it in and then it'll help you relax and calm your cortisol. And that's a beautiful thing for, for I think, women to do once a week or whenever you can. Oh, girl, I do. I've made it like a three and four night a week thing. Like, but this is something I've had to, I've forced myself into because I'm in the season of, as you know, I'm in the season of like learning how to rest. Resting is not native to me. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that my stress baseline has been up here when my stress baseline really needed to be up here or down here rather. And so I'm having to do, I'm I'm trying to force myself into rest. And it's, gosh, it feels so good. And so baths are one of those things where I force myself to sit there and do nothing. Yeah. This is not native to me, but I enjoy it. (laughs) Same, me either. And I think that is, I think that is huge for most women and most women should pay attention to that because you're caring for yourself and you're supporting yourself. And I think that's, that's what I mean when I say we can't push as hard I mean, we can still do all the things and have all the things because we are tough and we are smart. And I think we get better as we age. But I think we require more support. Like you can get away with things in mm-hmm. your 20s and 30s that your body will just stop stop yeah. you at in your 40s and yeah. be like, uh-uh, sister, 
Yeah. Take care of me. Warranty, warranty's running out. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's why it's interesting how you position that because I would agree with you that we we do get better. We we are better. Our hearts, mm-hmm. our emotional hearts are better. Right. Our, we're so much more wise. We've we've got so much more insight and perspective. But if mm-hmm. our body isn't supporting us in that, I mean, like wisdom's meant to be shared and we right. gotta keep going forth. Yeah. And if your body's not if your body's not helping you out, it's you're doing yourself a disservice. I agree when you think about it, like you don't want one part of your yourself to just go up and up while the other declines. Like mm-hmm. I want it all. I want both. Yeah. 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 Tell me, is there a way to, to measure cortisol in a person? There is. I think the best way to do it, um, we don't tep- typically do this. I think you have to do it like saliva tests throughout the day. Mm. So spit into a little tube a few times throughout the day to kind of like measure wow. where, where how that is. Wow. But I think um, for me personally, I bet you feel the same. It's like you can just, you can feel it. You, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what stress does, what cortisol does to the body and, and all the other things that it might impact. Yeah. It, it inflames you. It um, hurts your metabolic health. Um, you know, it, it throws your hormones off, so you're not making as much of the estrogens, progesterones. Yeah. Um, it really, you know, it's needed too. It is in. It's needed, and you know that fight or flight. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that it's. Um, for me right now, I, I sure as heck feel like I'm, it's overdone and I need to calm it down. And and that's when they say manage your stress. It's like mm. make sure you're. You're in balance and you're feeling like you can breathe and you're yeah. at ease. Yeah. I'm, I'm so fascinated um, by this. Gosh, I, I, let's talk through some of the physical changes that a woman might see in her body that might indicate, again, hypotheticals, mm-hmm. that might indicate that hormones are off balance. What are the physical indicators? There's all kinds of things. Um, you know, there's so there's there's a random list of things like you know, itchy, dry skin, and actually frozen shoulder is a is a crazy one. Menopausal Whoa. women will notice because of lack of estrogen. Um, but in general, it's I'm moody, I'm tired. There's weight gain again um, when around the middle or where around the middle. Yeah, there's a lot when your hormones go off. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. Our metabolic health declines when you lose your estrogen. When it's going down, your body knows it, and so it tries to hold on and store it and stores mm-hmm. it there. And then you are running more on cortisol. And so that cortisol, again, ramps up your inflammation and decreases your metabolic health through your insulin sensitivity. So it's like a, a horrible circle that kind of keeps keeps going, and that packs on the pounds there. Um, skin is another one. So we lose 30% of our skin firmness in the first five years of menopause because of that estrogen. Wow. Like I said, it's like the lube of life. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If if you start, if a person begins to manipulate their estrogen and progesterone level, like a woman, mm-hmm. if they start to really manipulate that, does that delay menopause? Um, ooh, good question. Um, I... Don't know if I actually know the answer to that, but I'm going to say no. Okay. You're still going to go through it um, at the same time, but it's just going to feel a lot better. You're not going to have the symptoms um, that Hmm. you would have had. And you'll still have some, but, you know, because it's not all perfect. You know, you're still going to feel that. But it's just going to be smoother. Um, You're not going to lose your skin firmness as fast. You're not going to feel those hot flashes. Um, it should help you manage your weight better. Hmm. It just helps your body run better. Sure. 
And let's talk about let's talk about the the changes that we might see in men. So we were talking already about, you know, here's the hormone, testosterone. That's pretty much, it's simple. It's <laughs> a lot more simple with men. Yeah. Um, but what are some of the other physical changes we might see in a man who is deficient in something or low in something that, yeah. that might be able to be fixed with supplementation and the like? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar. There's the, the midsection weight gain for men too. It's brain fog. It's the lack of interest in sex. Um, lo low motivation and low mood. There's a much higher risk of depression when your hormones are low, too. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, gosh, I, I can see that. I'm thinking specifically about the, the rise in antidepressants and yeah. the rise in just depression in general. And we, we look at all of these lifestyle factors when I know for me personally, I never look at, well, maybe something's wrong in my body. Right. Like I'm, I would always be looking outside. Well, it's this stressful job mm -hmm. or, oh, it's these kids or, oh, it's the, you know, it's this or that, or it's this unhealthy relationship I'm in. Yeah. I, I kind of think like your company almost pushes people to look more like, it's like pointing the finger, but there's four fingers pointing back at you. No, it's actually maybe something yeah. within your body. And if your body yeah. changes, your situation can change. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are people, I mean, Josh and I, my husband and I joke all the time that we think we save marriages because you might have no interest in being with your partner. And if your hormones are, are dead, if they're, yeah. if they're not there. And so like, if you start feeling better and you might you're probably going to be more attracted to them and probably going to want to be intimate with them. And that's a big deal yeah. in partnerships. Um, I like how you say intimate and not like get raunchy about sex. So let's talk about <laughs> sex. So like what is what would be normal sexually for a committed couple? Yeah, great question. Um, and I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. But they say that they they. They, whoever conducts these studies, they okay, say researchers. that. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> researchers. Right. So they say that for general happiness, it's one time a week. Um, so they say people who have more than that do not report being any happier. But people that have less say they're not as fulfilled. Hmm. And they can point to sexuality as being part of it? Uh, they, can, they can point to the correlation with mm. a healthy sex life. So maybe not causal. Right. But. It's an indicator. And. There are other studies that are that they you know have done with sexual activity and longevity. So um, there's a couple that I'm thinking of. One Welsh study of like 918 men, and then there's one with like something like 20,000 participants over a few decades, where they noticed that people who had sex and orgasms once or twice a week um, actually had a 50% decrease in all-cause mortality. Oh my! So it's very just. Again, like it's not the more sex you have, the longer you're going to live. Yeah. But it's an indicator of how overall yeah. your well-being is. Yeah. And what an interesting, like what a fascinating concept that if we could address the cause, like this is a, right. your company is a cause company. Like let's look at the cause, mm -hmm. not, not look at symptoms. Like I would look at an antidepressant kind of more as a symptom and right. not as like a symptom fixer, right. not a cause fixer. Right. And so if we can look at more situations and say, well, what's the real cause of this? Mm -hmm. And and how do we address that? And how do we address that? Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. And, I mean, sex was at the center of, I mean, everything that you guys created. It was. <laughs> I mean, it almost broke us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's healthy for couples. We all know that. And it's just healthy for you. You know, sex... 
is actually lowers your risk for depression. It helps you sleep. It helps with pain and inflammation. It actually lowers your blood pressure. So it's, it's just healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so if you don't want it, something's wrong, right? Could be. Yeah, I think it's something to pay attention to. Yeah. I love how you say that you guys save marriages because I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of just like a hypothetical situation where a woman or a man is like, I'm so disgusted with this other person right now. Maybe fix your hormones first. If you're still disgusted, okay, fine. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to say we're going to fix every marriage, but there's a high probability that, you know, something's off in your hormones. So let's <laughs> let's try that first before you talk uh, to the divorce lawyer. Yeah, right. So but maybe before therapy or in concert with therapy, maybe you're doing some functional yeah. medicine stuff yeah. at the same time. I mean, time. we actually went to therapy for our problems first because yeah. we didn't know. Because well, that's what you didn't know. Help. That's what we're told to do, right? We're told to right. do that because yeah. maybe it's a mental health problem. Yeah. We never actually look at that. Nope, actual physical health. Yes, yes. There might be a physical problem here. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, let's get into your personal story, like your background, because I just find this so fascinating that you worked in finance. You were doing the whole thing. I'm not going to say Wall Street thing because you were in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I think anytime I think of Chicago, I think of commodities. But you were doing yeah. you were doing bonds. I was doing bonds. Tell me about your finance background. Yeah. You know, I, I randomly had – I got this – I landed this interview with this um, – who became my par my partner, my boss, great guy. But I landed an interview with him randomly, and I didn't know what a bond was. And I was so nervous for that interview. It was hilarious. Um, I'm glad it wasn't recorded. Um, but he <laughs> ended up hiring me because he saw something in me. Thank you, Mark. Um, so I took this job, and I was probably 30. And so I, I studied really hard, passed the Series 7. was a big accomplishment for me. Um, and started institutional fixed income sales. So I learned a little, I you know had to learn the talk and um, basically I was in between the traders at my company, at my firm, and then large money managers. And it was a very male dom dominated world and it was it was challenging. And I I look back at it and just smile with pride as, as something that I, that I excelled at and did well at and I yeah. really enjoyed. Yeah. And then what do you think you've taken with you from that chapter into like ma running and managing businesses? Um, you know that I, I think um, I think I'm, I'm tougher than I knew I was. And um, I grew a thicker skin for sure. And I learned how to stand up for myself during that time. Yeah. yeah. How did you meet your husband? Because he was in somewhere else. Yeah, I was in Chicago and he was in Denver and we met through a mutual friend he, um, that worked with him at, at his medical device days. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you meet and you're like, you see your life flashes before your eyes and you see your entire future and now you're two beautiful kids. No, I'm just kidding. How did uh, it really happen? You know, <laughs> it was funny because he was dating someone at the time and um, so nothing nothing happened. And, but I noticed him and I just went, oh, something's nice about him, you know, yeah. but, but nothing else. And then actually two years later, we went on our first date and um, again, same feeling. I'm like, oh, something's nice about this <laughs> So nice you got married, and, and I love that you guys are here in Nashville now. That's just so great. Um, tell me what you think, how you think he describes you guys' situation and then the, the things you've been through, the loss, the struggle, mm -hmm. and then the creation of this the, these two businesses that help men and women in their health. How does he describe it? And mm. is it different than yours, mm. your story? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's different. But I mean, I think he jokes about it. And, and he's very open about the fact that, you know, it was all caused because he had no sex drive, which is, you know, I'm proud of him, because I think in, in our culture, it's harder for men to be open and honest about 
what's going on in that department. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's a real cool guy to be able to just be honest and say this was going on and I didn't want to have sex and I felt like crap and um, I figured I had to fix it to, to save my marriage. And so, um, you know, that's the way he describes it. And I think um, I'm still proud of him because he is a very, a very great leader in these companies. This has yeah. not been easy. We thought telehealth would be easier than the brick and mortars we ran before, but it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. I would, I would have thought the same thing. Just yeah. Nope. There's a lot behind the scenes with technology. There's a lot more um, health court care laws when it's um, via telehealth. Um, a lot of things that we didn't know about and that we've learned along the way. And I think that it's it's made us stronger together, although we have our, share, our fair share of fights. <laughs> well, I would venture to say that's probably somewhat healthy. Uh, as, normal. As, <laughs> right, right, quote, unquote, normal, um, as long as, you know, we can respect each other and yep. and share our disagreements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, how can people find more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, I, I hang out on Instagram a lot, and we are Joy Women's Wellness, and that's J-O-I. And then our website is choosejoy.co. I love that. Yeah. And then blokes is what? Blokes is blokes.co. And then their Instagram is getblokes, at getblokes. I love that. How many people do you think you guys have helped at this point? Do you keep Mm. a running total of that? Um, That is a great question. I should look at that. I know we have something like 12,000 in our database, but I don't know how many of those that we have, you know. Yeah. Um, actually treated. And you guys, tell me about this formulation that you guys are doing on the back end when somebody, if there's something that comes up like, hey, you're deficient here, Mm -hmm. what is the typical course of action? So we have, we give these great functional reports, which kind of lists everything out and gives you suggestions on what you should take. And then we try to help you sort through it and prioritize it and walk you through it because sometimes it can be a lot and we don't want to overwhelm you so we can be like this is probably the most you know these two things are probably the most important to focus on now and then maybe down the line we can relook again and see what else there is so it sounds like a car mechanic like you here you can do all these things but let's just these are the two your wheels are about to fall off gal yeah (laughs) maybe start here (laughs) yeah yeah we don't want to make it daunting it should be easy it's attainable um, and it's all related, just little chain reactions, right? So if you fix just one thing, that's going to make you feel better. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. It is. All, that's, I think, the older I get every single day, it's like the, even deeper in this knowledge of everything is connected. <laughs> everything is connected. Yeah. You fix one thing or something is deficient or you hurt this, it's going to affect that. And mm-hmm. yep, yeah. every day. I know. I'm working on it. Working on that <laughs> connection. You know that. <laughs> Katie Whalen, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. Lovely. I feel like this conversation with Katie was so empowering. I mean, how amazing to be able to say, you feel like garbage, but you don't have to, girl. And I think that gives people permission to feel whatever you feel and then take action to feel better because you could deserve that. The world needs the real you, babe. And if you don't feel good, that's a problem. So definitely check out Katie's company. It's Joy Women's Wellness. Joy is spelled J-O-I. Or if your man needs help, check out Blokes, too. I want to let you know I'm taking a break next week because I'm about to launch what I'm affectionately calling a new mini-series within Amstigator. Just like the last 27 or so episodes have been focused on lessons, I'm about to release a series of solo episodes that I'm calling Two Words That Will Change Your Life. Each week, I'm going to focus on just two words that are a call to action for you to think differently about the path in front of you. And you'll get that in two weeks. 
I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator.